Welcome back to episode three of Inside the Wit. I am your your host, Josh Shaw, joined, of course, by my co-host, Andrew Gardner. Let's talk some hockey. Yeah, I don't know why I paused there. <laughs> I, I, I thought I thought I expected you to like just chime in. I was like, I don't know, I should just say his name, and then <laughs> then he'll do it. Um, but you know, we're rusty here. It's week three. Week three. We're getting into the swing of things. Uh, hockey is in full bloom. It is. As if that analogy makes sense to anyone, it's I don't know how. But. The, in full bloom by the the fact that they're playing games, not by the fact that they're exactly going yes. well. But. Yes, that is a, a key thing <laughs> we will get into today in the Northeastern series. Um, beforehand, Andrew, how was your weekend, pal? Uh, you know, it was it was good. It was nice. I had a couple, like, big tests last week, so I was mm. able to, you know, watch some movies. I was at the game on Friday. What movies? Let's hear it. What did I watch? Oh, I watched The Hangover for the first time. The first time? I know. I know. Wow. A good one. That was a seminal movie for me as yeah. a child. Yeah, I know. I feel like that's a... Uh, but now, now I gotta watch the second and the third. No, you don't. No, no, just right. stop. Just stop. Just okay. leave it there. It's like it's like Rocky. It's like number five doesn't exist. All right. It's kind of like Yune Chaki too. You watch the first two <laughs> games, you're like, I should watch the rest of the season. So yeah, it's no, just like cool. No, we're done. No, no, the sequel's worse than the than the original. How was how was your weekend? Uh, it was swell. That's what we're Love gonna to we're gonna use a nice swell. All right, and just cover it. Um, so the Northeastern series. Let's get into it. It was pretty much exactly what I feared last week. Yeah, I mean, I kind of. I was confident after that yeah. last win against <laughs> Providence on Saturday. I'm not gonna lie, but you know. Well, here's the thing: is they they came out. We'll get more into this. They came out in that first game up until you know the end of the third. They were playing pretty well, but Northeastern's a strong team. In fact, uh, I'm. Sh- I think the new rankings just came out probably just about an hour ago. Um, let's see if they're out. Yeah, November 8th. Northeastern was unranked, and now they are 17. Okay. So, moved up four spots. Okay, so that's what now, three or four opponents that are ranked for UNH, I believe? Uh, yeah, so Providence, Northeastern, BCBU, and then uh, UMass Lowell yep. as well. So, so <laughs> hockey is still what the hockey does. It never gives you a break. Um, Northeastern, great defensive team. Really good offensive team when they got going. Notice they have Martin St. Louis' son on the roster. I was wondering that if that was his son. Oh, I looked it up. I was like, was wait it? a second. Yeah, I, I, he had a goal on Friday, and I was like, can't be many St. Louis like in hockey. Just besides. kicking around. Yeah, yeah funny. Um, when I was, because he's about the same age as, as us. When I was in probably fifth or sixth grade, I played hockey all up, you know, like through high school, and um, I was at a tournament in Marlboro, and him and. Oh, who was the guy on the Flyers? Chris Pronger, I think. Oh yeah. They their two sons were on like this junior Flyers team who w- were like playing before us. We didn't play them in the tournament, but I just remember seeing them. I was like, dang, these you know these guys are good. <laughs> these guys are good. Now they're playing you know D one college hockey. And now you're watching them. And now I'm right, watching them. Yeah. Was he drafted? I know they had like eight or nine draft picks on their team. I do not know that. I, think I he just was. Uh, I did some preliminary research. I'm yeah. Like, okay. So he is his son. Okay. Interesting. Um, the first game. We'll get into it here. Uh, 4-1 loss. I'm just, you know, you could just count, count that over to the second game because it's the same result here. Josh, real quick. Yeah, hit me. We, uh, we had our radio show on Friday, and we mm-hmm. were walking out. We were doing score predictions. Did you call it? I, ca- I kind of called it. For I said 4-1 to one Northeastern. 4-1 to one Northeastern. I mean, we are both, no, spoiler alert, but we both predicted UNH to lose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were both right in that regard. So, yeah. you know, if there's um, a victory to be had. I mean, listen, UNH, I thought, played a very, very solid uh, first period. They had the rookie, Colin Heward, in his second career game. Nice goal. The thing with the Wildcats this year is when they get the puck on net, it goes in. 
Not that that happens a lot, but that's the problem. <laughs> well, yeah, but like even uh, against Providence, that first goal that they scored uh, last week, Tyler Ward just like threw it at the net, it went in. Colton Heward, you know, gets a good screen from the point, a beautiful goal. Like if they're able to get in front of the goalie's eyes, they've had a lot of success there. But other than that, the offense is just about as dry as it can get. Yes, and that's something I wanted to get into. Devin Levi, Northeastern's goalie. Very Practically, good. I don't want to say pitch because we're not in baseball here, but I would say he had a shutout in some regard. Yes, he allowed the goal, but it was in the, the second minute of the game. After that, he was lights out. He didn't allow anything up. Um, and it's just more of the same for the Wildcats on offense where, you know, they're going to get a couple shots in there, maybe a good chance or two, but they just can't execute. And that's something that, you know, you really, you've really got to address before it gets out of hand on you because, yeah, the season is early, but it's not – you can't just let this one go, oh, whatever, you know. Yeah, well, that's the thing that we've – talked about is that you're like oh well they played a ranked Providence team they played a Northeastern team who's basically ranked now they are ranked and it's like it'll get easier but the thing is that it really doesn't I mean those two teams are top, like some of the top five teams in the Hockey East but you still have to play BC you gotta play BU UMass Lowell's ranked this year uh, Merrimack's doing a lot better this year and you got the defending national champions UMass Amherst too their team isn't as strong but you know they're still in the mix so when you have opportunities like they do this weekend against a UVM team who is, you know, there, there's a threshold in the Hockey East right now where it's like the upper echelon and the lower echelon. If you want to try to be better than those lower echelon teams, you got to... You got to beat the teams that you, you can beat. Yeah, exactly. And, um, at least claw out a win or two maybe against the teams that are a little more ahead of you. And we'll get more into that later. Um Game one, good effort, we think. You know, it, it kind of gets away from you. <laughs> kind of gets away from you in the third period there. They allowed two goals, I believe. Um, I did want to get into David Fessenden in game one because, as we talked about last week, that was one of the big storylines coming into this week. Who would start net? Fessenden gets a game one start against Northeastern, allows four goals, makes 18 saves, plays every minute, but, like, the last 30 seconds, do they pull the goalie for some reason? Uh, no, they had um, okay. they had a – they were going on a power play, and they were able to keep possession of the puck for a while before, like, Northeastern gotcha. touched it, so he was off the ice for a while. But Yeah, I look a fool, but that's okay. No, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> I didn't know that Marty St. Louis was on Northeastern, so um, go have it. I thought Fessenden was good-ish. He, he was. I he, felt some of the goals that he allowed were things he couldn't really do much on. Um, I have in the notes here. It was a lot of second and third shots on it, and it was just a lot of deflections. One was a cross-creaser, I believe. Yep. And so, yeah, he let the goal in. But I feel those are some shots that, you know, a lot of goalies are going to let the goal in there. There's not much he could quite do. Yeah, he made some impressive saves. The first one, uh, they were just digging at the net and was able to bang it in. And kind of the same thing with the second one, both rebound goals. And uh, Coach Sousa has talked all year about how if this Wildcat team wants to have success, they've got to start even generating second-chance opportunities, which we haven't seen a lot of. And, I mean, right there in their face, that's how they get beat. Um, you know, Friday. Um, yeah, Northeastern, you know, UNH actually had, had a one nothing lead after the first period. Northeastern came out, uh, scored two in the second, but you're kind of like, all right, going into the third, I, I, I wasn't confident that they were going to like, going to be able to get one because they just, they weren't getting very good, uh, opportunities. Um, and then, yeah, they just kind of slammed the door shut. They were just a much better team in the third, as you mentioned, a couple yep. good, like passing plays, uh, slammed home a couple nice uh, like one timers in front of the net, and I will say the that fourth goal I think Vessenden could have made a stop on. Yep. Yeah. Um, but you know, ultimately, it's not a great. It's, a, it's no. one of those where you just kind of want to move on from that game. Yep. There is some nice things to take away, as we mentioned, but 
you let it slip away from you, and at the end of the day, it's just another loss. So, yeah. so we'll move on to game two here. Um, same result here. 4-1 <laughs> loss. The goalie makes 18 saves and allows four goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking, Mike, Mike Robinson. Let's get yeah. into Mike Robinson now. Um, not ideal. No. I mean, <laughs> trying to dance around it without being um, rude. Um, but that second goal that he allowed, just not – you can't let that in. It was uh, – <laughs> okay, go ahead. Take the floor. I, I don't really – I really don't have much to say. It's just kind of like – I, I really I think the defense has done a okay job, honestly. Especially these, uh, you know, like Hickey and and Heward stepping up with like in place of McKinnon and Verrier, who were. Uh, I don't even think we talked about this last week. No, they didn't have updates. Yeah, so last Wednesday, uh, McKinnon's out until at least the break, which they don't like the winter break. They stop play like December second or third, and then they don't resume until like the twenty eighth. So he's out basically until twenty twenty two. On Varier, he said, for at least a month. So you're missing arguably two of your best defensemen. Two of your best players, honestly. Yeah, that too. Um, and we've seen the the guy who I think has really stepped up the last couple of games is Alex Gagne. He's looked really good on defense. A um, couple of assists. Luke Reed's looked good too. Um, but the defense hasn't been terrible. I think they've played well, um, especially with just like how, how much – they've had to, to kind of deal with. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, still the goaltending just. The fourth one that Mike Robinson allowed was just brutal. It was a shot from, I believe, the blue line. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even supposed to be a shot. I think it was just a dump that kind of got away from him, and it, it slipped in the back of the net. And it was one of those where you're just like, oy vey. Like, <laughs> it, I, <sighs> like you're, they're not making saves against the hard shots, which, granted, hard to do. And yeah. I'm not trying to, you know, belittle them or be mean about it. But you also have to make the saves on the shots that you should make the saves, and, and lately they just Mike Robinson at least hasn't, and that's a big problem. It just, I don't know. He just looks like he's kind of given up out there a little bit. Like he I just wanted to talk about that a little. He bit. just like, I, I I don't know. He just goes out like there's not a lot of motivation behind that play right now, and you know. I don't want to yeah, say that, of course, because you know he's been here for five years. But and we haven't just, talked to him. <laughs> it's just uninspiring, honestly. You're just kind of like, all right, another four to five goal, like uh, allowed, you know, night. Like, uh, like Robinson played well those first two games against Union, and his goals against average is still only what like three and a half or something. I like believe that. so, something. Like but that. I mean, besides the two Union games, that's probably up closer to five. Yeah. It's not good. No, no, it's <laughs> to, not. To be blunt. <clears throat> I mean, you can look at the stats and you can you can say what you want, but when you really take a closer dive into it, and you're like, all right, Union got 10 shots the first game. It was a defensive breakdown, which the, the first goal was allowed. And then, yeah, two goals the second game. Um, and one of those I thought he should have had too. And then it's, yeah, it's they've, they've just, they've allowed a lot of goals this year. Yeah, suffice to say. Um do you what is your theory here on Robinson? Do you think it's just, you know, maybe a lack of focus or is it just is this a bump, do you think, in an overall for a gift he's a gifted player. Let's oh, not yeah, no, 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 no. He definitely is. I mean, any time a, a player is selected uh into the NHL, it's impressive. But I mean we've we've mentioned this already multiple times and this is only our third week doing the show, how you know, it's been six years since he's been drafted and he just hasn't seen to take any step no he hasn't made and it was the third the third round too it's not you know a lot of the guys on the team right now who've been drafted are are sixth or seventh round picks 
you know, he's a third round pick. I think the Sharks look to him as like, all right, like he could be a, a little bit of a project. But Take over for Martin Jones, maybe. In a yeah, of yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they're not even on Martin Jones anymore. No, so. no, exactly. But like back in 2015, you're like, all right, this kid's going to get some good action. I mean, a lot of the hockey East goalies translate well, especially look like a guy, look at a guy like Spencer Knight already. Like, yes. Playing like a stud this year. Um, and I did want to give some context here about Mike yeah. Robinson. Um, since 2018, 2019, his save percentage has only declined with every year. Yep. Uh, went from a 915 to an 899 to an 881, now to an 860. Yeah. Um, just three goals against average also has jumped up every year. Um, discounted this year, it's an early start, but it went from a 3.37 last year, 3.24 this year. We will we will obviously have this fluctuates throughout, but... Yeah. I mean, anytime you're under... 900 for save percentage that's kind of the threshold i i look at yes like you got to stop nine out of ten shots you just got to do that um so yeah we i hopefully he figures it out because the, the cats need him to well you know i mean yeah david festenden <laughs> as impressive as he's been you know he's gonna need an off night here then you can't at the point of the record that they already have you cannot go into a season and have your backup goalie just be like well this is maybe just the throwaway game that's you know it's unacceptable at this point no i mean Again, they're only what? Uh, what were we nine games into the season? Yeah. Uh, so, I I think at this point it's it's who's ever hot. Like I I'm curious to see who's going to get the start on Friday, and if the Wildcats win, I think you start that guy again on Saturday. I think that's just how it's going to be. Or maybe you just split every weekend. Cause that was one of my questions. I've been on hockey teams where we have two goalies who are good, and it's just like Thursday before a Friday and Saturday game, you're like, all right, this guy's starting Friday, this guy's starting Saturday, no matter the result. Like, So I, I'm curious to see what Sousa's going to do with that. Um, and last week it was more of, like, the question was, do we see Fessenden in a net on Friday? But now I'm more curious to ask Sousa, like, how are you going to handle the goaltending situation? Like, yeah. What's your plan for that? And that was one of the questions I wanted to ask and, and talk about real quick. Um, and we've already addressed it a little bit here, but I would be inclined to think personally, and this is no idea, but I would be inclined to think Fessenden gets to start Friday. Um, we have a similar situation last week, and Susie gives a nod to Fessenden. I think Fessenden probably had the better game last week. Um, overall, statistically, they're very similar, but I'm just inclined to think that if you go with Fessenden last week as the first man up and he you know, doesn't really lose much momentum compared to Robinson, I wouldn't think they're going to go to him again. But Yeah, I, I really don't even know that. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. The problem, though, is even if these guys only give up one goal, this offense isn't scoring at all. Um, seven or six out of their last seven games, they've scored one goal or less. Yes. And that one game that they didn't, they scored two goals, and that goal was in overtime. Um, so that's really sixty minutes of only one goal. Yeah, game. they've <laughs> scored. They've scored seven goals in their last seven games. Uh, they've lost six out of the last seven, and uh, four road games. They've been outscored twenty to four. Um, zoinks! Yeah, uh, <laughs> not not good, not great stats. Um, and the thing is, too, is this isn't even like a team right now who you you looked at coming into the year and you're like, all right, these guys, it's gonna be a down year, like a lot of freshmen. Right. Like, like no, even I, I know they lost some really key guys last year, like Ben Mass and Kohei Sato, Angus Crookshank, Crookshank, yeah. But I mean, some of the, I mean, we've seen guys step up like Blaisdell, Cronin. Um, you know, Ward's had a good year, and you've got a really solid top six uh, forwards, but I don't know. It's just not. It's not translating into yeah. anything. It's and, really. And that's not. one of the other questions I wanted to get into because I feel like maybe we should have a weekly question thing here. Yeah. 
Um, who is a skater that will stir the drink, as Camby likes to say? Um, I think Robert Cronin could be one of those players going yeah. forward. He's been off to a really good start in his first year with UNH. Uh, unfortunately, he was out Friday, I believe. Yeah, he was suspended on Friday, and none, not even like uh, some of the guys in the athletic department knew why. Like, not ideal. <laughs> they got they got an email from Hockey saying he was suspended, and we were all like, because I saw the roster, I was like, where's Cronin? And I asked one of them, and he was like, oh yeah, he's suspended for today. And I was like, did you see what happened on Friday? And he's like. No, I I didn't. I don't think anybody did. There was no penalty on the play. I still have no idea. Someone tweeted at me. They were. I was like, <laughs> I did not. I mean, I had no idea. She was like, "What happened?" And I was like, "I, I don't know." What I, to tell you. N- I have not a clue. I have not. So if I knew, I would have included it in the. We tweet, won't speculate here, but maybe something off the ice. Who knows? But he is not available. I, I, I have no. I literally have no idea. So, um, so no Cronin for Friday. Um, I mean, but one of the stats that I dragged up is 15 players already have at least one point so far, which is good, but no one is really separating themselves from the pack, nor is that point total all that high. So, no, yeah, you know, that. they've got a collective group of, of scores here and there, but, you know, it's not like these scores are scoring a lot is, is the bigger problem, as we've talked about. No, I know. I mean, you've only got three – no, sorry, four players on your on your team who have two goals or more. We're nine games into the season, and your leading scorer has two goals. Uh, Angeros, Cronin, Luke Reed. Again, and Cronin's a and freshman. Liam Devlin. Yeah, and so is Liam Devlin. They're both like two of the... So we're not getting much veteran support here. Or not we, sorry, but the we, team is not we getting... We do not <laughs> play for the team. <laughs> Shockingly, we will not be suiting up on Friday or Saturday no, this week. We won't. Um, no, I mean, some of the seniors have done well. I thought... Uh, I think that overall, Angeros has had has been the best forward consistently all year. Um, Tyler Ward has had stints where he's looked really good. Um, you know, Jackson Pearson had that overtime goal, but otherwise, I don't know. He hasn't been off to just a slow start. He hasn't done a ton offensively. Um, yeah, just there, there's really not a lot to write home about. And honestly, I think that like the third and fourth lines, a lot of the times have looked almost better. Like they're, they're really getting in there. Like, grinding the fourth line last game I think it was like Herman Margell and Sweeney all like they had a couple good shifts um and I mean you gotta you gotta have four good lines if you want to be a good hockey team but hot take (laughs) (laughs) steaming hot take but I I don't I don't know like it's just the same I I don't even know what to like ask coach Suze anymore because it's the same week like we're gonna mix up the lines we're gonna work on the power play like Northeastern's a very good penalty killing team in fact i think going into friday they were 21 for 22 this mm-hmm. year and the wildcats had a four on three power play and i don't even think they mustered a shot off on it like yeah a lot of blocks um we talked to eric mcadams after the game that was the one thing he was talking about he's like they just sacrificed their body for everything and so is unh and then that resulted in ryan barrier going down for for a while yeah so, so <laughs> um i'll tell you what asking coaches about offenses not being able to score i've been there and uh, <laughs> hey. yeah, at least your team eventually made the, the yes. championship. Yes, American East Women's Soccer Championship yesterday. Unfortunately, UNH lost, but that's not that's that's not this podcast. It's not this maybe podcast. maybe next year the new writer can you know yeah. <laughs> man a twenty minute podcast about UNH soccer. But anyways, let's get into on to Vermont. Um, I will not call this a get right series. I won't do it. <laughs> Don't allow me to. Uh, but. But this is the thing. That <laughs> this is a series UNH should win. A get-right series against a team that's technically ahead of you in the standings. But 
Uh, Vermont's going to enter this weekend with a 1-5 record. They've allowed at least two goals per game this season, and their only one came against overtime in BC. So, you know, not going to call them 0-5 or anything like that or whatever it would be, but this isn't the best team in the Hockey East. Um, so this is this is a series I think UNH has to have. You've... I, I We talked about what I would like to see pregame, but I'm just going to say it. Hit me. You got to come out of the series with six points. Yes. You got to do it. You got to do it. You need to find a way to get all six points in this series. At the very least, like five, force one to overtime and win it. But you got to get at least five out of six. Or else it's a big failure here. If, if this Wildcats team, next week we're talking about them losing both games to Vermont. Can I, can I go on my theory here? Well, not theory. This is my yeah, idea. Yeah, go for it. This is a must-win series for the Wildcats in terms of getting his at least five points, like you mentioned, because it does not get any easier from here. After this, they've got t- number 12, UMass Amherst, for two games. Number 13, Harvard, for They're, one UMass game. is eight now, actually, in the okay. new standings. So. Well, I wrote this Sunday, so good to know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Harvard, who was ranked last I checked, I believe they still they are. They are, yeah, I think they're number 10. Okay, awesome. Uh, you've got Holy Cross. Holy Cross, yeah. Which, you know, maybe a good Atlantic hockey team. Yeah. <laughs> then you've got Boston University, who admittedly hasn't been off to uh, a Boston University start. I believe they're three and seven, I want to say. Yeah, they're not checks. doing as well. They uh, they got one vote into, like, the top 20, which right. puts them probably around the 30 range. But, but that is still a very, very talented program with a lot of really, really good players. Yeah. So you can't just discount that and just look at their record and pass them off. So... It's going to get harder from here, and UNH, <laughs> if that's possible. I mean, yeah, and then, I mean, you've got St. Lawrence, Clarkson, you've got the Dartmouth tournament where there's a possibility they could play BC in an out-of-conference game, and then, yeah, right, when we get back for the second fall, or for the spring semester, BC, and then UConn, who has been hot, they've been scoring a lot of goals this year, and then it's like, you know, who do you have winnable games there's, against there's left? No, you got one more against Vermont, no break. like Merrimack, maybe, like Maine. And you know Maine's going to bring it, like, even if they're both at the bottom of the standings. So so um, that's why I'm calling this a must-win series, because you need to build some momentum here and at least stash some wins and bank them before it gets even harder, or else you're just – you're in a world of hurt and <laughs> uncertainty. And, and yeah. you know, you got to give yourself a, a helping hand here and dig yourself out of this hole quick because it can get away from you fast. Oh, it definitely can, especially with two of your leaders out. Uh, it, could, it could get bad quick, so – you got any any predictions? Anything else? Oh uh, boy, coming weekend. I'll say a three to one UNH win, and a five three win. So two wins. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna give them two wins here. All right. Uh, I believe both these games are home. They are home. So they've got the home crowd behind them. Yep. They're playing. A, they've been playing. They've played better at home. Yes. Like they're playing a, a middling team to call it. You know, to be nice. So they they have every incentive and they have every reason and every factor in their favor. So go and win this series, please. please. I was looking at some analytics uh, before this. The, Ooh, the, nerd. The RPI, like uh, <laughs> like power rankings. I don't know. I don't really know how they calculate it. But um, UNH right now, out of the 59 Division One teams, any oh guesses boy. where they were ranked? I'm going to guess uh, 57. Actually, uh, you're going to be shot at 49. 49. Oh, okay. I think part wow. of it is because like, strength of schedule. A lot of teams under them where, uh, you know, teams like the Atlantic are playing, right. you know, teams who are in the lower half, but they were the lowest hockey East team. So, 
Maybe they can change that this They could change that with a couple wins. That's what couple we call wins, a segue. Um, two wins, bump the Wildcats up to eight points, probably put them around uh, seven or eight. Just just find a way. Find a way to, to win some games here. Life finds a way. Maybe the Wildcats will, too. They'll find a way. Just got to put the put pucks in deep, yep. shots on goal, uh-huh. play the body. Those goal. Are my three keys. Play goalie. Play goalie. and uh, <laughs> Just suit up there. Do that off. <laughs> do that offense. Actually, Josh, you starting on net and net on Friday? Uh, if they need me to, I can be like a David Ayer situation or, or no? Oh yes, yeah, <laughs> David, yeah. The, the Hurricanes. Goal. I've never. I uh, I played soccer goalie when I was like eight in in the uh, playground, and I would just like get belted with a soccer ball. Okay. Because I was a little tubby boy, and I, I had a nice width to my body that could absorb the hits. <laughs> well, there you um, go. <laughs> so need be, I don't think I'm in that situation right now, but need be, I will get out there and I will. Uh, I'll take some pucks for the boys. For the, as they say. FTV for the boys. <laughs> um, well, that'll do it this week on uh, week three of Inside the Wit. We will be back, hopefully, with some better news next week uh, please, after the Vermont series. Please, uh, Andrew and I do not want to be spending the season talking about a team that is, um, you know, not not o- not okay. I think the last thing I'll say is just like every week. The thing is. Well, at least the games at home because I don't travel with the team. Right. But at least the games at home, you're like, oh, they're they're close. Yeah, and then at the end you're just kind of like, ah. Oh, they're, they're like that kid who's like, you knew in high school. It's like, if he just tried a little bit more. Yeah, in school. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, he'd be good. He'd be good. But instead, he, you know, maybe plays a little too Call of Duty, too much Call of Duty. Maybe. But uh, we'll see if the Wildcats are that person, I guess, because this is this is it. We'll see. Big weekend. Yeah, must win games. Um, stay tuned to this uh, this feed for an update next week, and um, go TNH. Woo. <laughs>